I'm Enoch Fossum. And I'm Austin Ivey. And you're listening to the What About Therapy podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of What About Therapy? Episode 60-something? Four or five, I don't know. 64 60 <laughs> or five. Something like that. <laughs> I'm not even going to look. Who cares? I care. <laughs> Anyways, um, welcome back. Today we are going to be talking about modeling. So, runway modeling. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking about modeling behaviors and more specifically how... Our children, if you have any, or the children in your life, that you, if you do have any like nieces and nephews, if you have actual children in your life that you are the parents of, that's what that means, um, <laughs> how your behaviors and the things that you do rub off on, on your kids. And so basically we're going to be talking about the old phrase, monkey see, monkey do, mm-hmm. and how that really applies IRL in, in the real <laughs> world because it's very real. It's very, um, very common. It's something like it's like one of the first classes I took in this degree that I'm in, this marriage and family studies degree. It was, um, it was child development. And you learn about how modeling behaviors impact your children, the way they develop, the thing, how, how they learn about the world. A lot of how they learn is through watching their parents and other adults in their lives do things, the way they react with the world. And so the article we're pulling from, and some information from, it um, was written by Michigan State University, and it's titled Monkey See, Monkey Do colon model behavioral in early childhood so it's back from 2015 a little bit older but the information is stellar it's on yeah. point still relevant very relevant oh, the informa- nothing has changed in regard to the information they're sharing no new <laughs> no new research has changed um, no, nothing from, groundbreaking yet <laughs> no groundbreaking <laughs> research and um century old understandings of reinforcement and conditioning so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today just so you guys can be aware. So kind of getting into it, the the reason that I I was I guess it was kind of my idea for this episode. Yeah, um totally was. I have a I have a lot of nieces and nephews marrying into a family that has a lot of um little ones. And it's just fun to to watch how kids turn out like their parents, you know, and yeah. um how seeing how I also turned out like my parents and model behaviors that they do. Sometimes I'll me and my dad will be standing right next to each other and we will be doing we'd be doing the same exact body language, like folding our arms and pointing our feet in the same exact direction. I think either my mom and my wife has a picture of us doing it. Were you watching a football game? I don't think so. I think we were, I think we were in Hawaii actually. And we were waiting in line somewhere or something. And anyways, um, we, we pick up a lot of things from our parents and from the important adults in our lives. And, um, it's something that I've always found intriguing. And, um, as I've, married into a family with a lot of kids like i was saying i've seen it a lot more as kids get a little bit older as they start to develop they really just act like their parents and i mean for better or for worse whatever you want to say but it's just fun to to learn and i think it'd be good for everyone who listens to to understand how powerful their behaviors behaviors are when they're around little children yeah and this could even be like if you're around children a lot this is for you too not even if you're a mom and dad or whatever it is like if you're you're a teacher especially like an elementary school teacher or uncle aunt anytime you're around kids a lot if you're a babysitter for like or a nanny even yeah like um it still applies yeah Yeah, kids are always going to be whether they know it or not looking Mm -hmm. at what you do and taking that in and just trying to gain new knowledge and experiences through what they see you do and what they hear you say 
Yeah, exactly. And learning for children is, um, especially really young kids. Um, for what I remember from my childhood development class, it's kind of difficult. You know, their brains don't work as quickly as an adult's or even like a, a 13 or 14 year old. So like kids, especially under the age of eight, their brains aren't super developed. And so they learn a lot just by watching, you know, it's hard to yeah. teach them. And because a lot of times they can't really read or read very well. It's like up until like 12 years old, they're learning to read. And after that, it's more like they're reading to learn. And so early years of life, they learn just by watching or listening. Right. And so behavior modeling is really important in the earliest years of childhood, but of course going on into like teenagers as well. But yeah, for kids, it's hard to learn just by telling them things or to read this book and you'll learn this because they, mm -hmm. they either can't read or they can't understand what they're reading. And so this, uh, this applies to mainly young children and for anyone who has children at all in their lives, it applies to them as well. But, um, the information for this article is specifically targeted towards early childhood and how modeling can, um, affect that. And so to kick things off from the article, um, I like the first paragraph because it really opens things up. It says, have you ever heard the phrase, do as I say, not as I do? Children, it turns out, will actually do both. Children learn and imitate behaviors by watching and listening to others. This is sometimes called observational learning, when children can learn things simply by observing other people. This, the models do not have to be people that the child directly interacts with. Um, children learn from models all around them, on television, in the grocery store, at school, and at home. So with that, it typically, they latch on to behaviors most from like well-known adults in their life. So parents is a big one, aunts, uncles, grandmas, older siblings, that's going to come. A lot of the behaviors are going to be modeled from them the most, but, um, it can come from anywhere. TV shows they watch, like, like my nephews, they, um, they play Zelda. They love Zelda Sweet. and they pretend to be Zelda all the time. Double jump. <laughs> <laughs> they make those noises. It's kind of funny. Um, and they will also pretend to be Mandalorian, the Din Djarin. They're obsessed with the Mandalorian, and I'm a very proud uncle in that way. But um, <laughs> they are they're just obsessed with it, and they will do. They will dress up like him. They will make the same noises, say the same words. Like there's a like a Star Wars swear word that. Um, he says in the show, it's Dank Ferrick. Not if you remember that from oh, the show, but he no, says that when he, aware. it's like a Star Wars swear okay. word, basically. It's like, oh. anyways, it's Dank Ferrick. And um, it's like saying, holy crap or holy, yeah, insert the word. Um, and he, the kids say that all the time because they watch it and hear it. <laughs> they, hear, they hear the Mandalorian say it. And so TV is a huge influence as well. But we see right there, the kids just observe things and then they do them because they respect the person who's doing that thing. Yeah. And it's very common. And I mean, especially when they start going into school. Yeah. You'll hear your kids come back from school and start doing some kind of action, like acting like they're shooting someone that they did at recess, you know, playing pretend war, or <laughs> they come home and say a word that uh, sparks some interest to you. <laughs> some four-letter words, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so us kids are always, all, all kids are always they're like scanning everything literally and just little sponges taking everything in that they hear everything that they say not just from parents not just from adults but from everything everyone literally like even animals i would always make animal noises when i was a kid why probably because i heard an animal make that noise <laughs> you like that animal yeah i like that animal yeah so we do have some influence on that as parents as adults but for the most part, a lot of that is actually out of our control. And so 
that is something just to be aware of and to note that your kids are always going to be taking stuff in little sponges, little SpongeBob's. I like how you said like scanning, like and whether they know it or not, kids are constantly watching their environments and like right. just in internalizing things subconsciously and deciding, Oh, I'll, I'll do that. I do that to this day still. Like, yeah, I watch these podcasts of therapists and, um, just psychologists talking in their podcasts and I will do, <laughs> I'll find myself saying things that they say yeah. and having almost the same type of ver- um, what's the word? Uh, verbiage. Verbiage. As these th- like psychologists and therapists that I listen to because I like the way that it sounds and yeah. um, they're respected. So I want to be respected too. And it goes throughout your life, but kids are super plastic. That's the word yeah. that um, neuroscience uses. Um, they're very impressionable plastic and they pick up on things really easy. And um, a lot of that um, picking up on things has to do with how that behavior or that thing <laughs> that's so official, how that behavior <laughs> is... Um, is reinforced. Yep. So in the article, it says when model be- when model behaviors, what <laughs> what model behaviors children will imitate depends partly on what sort of reinforcement those behaviors receive. People are more likely to imitate a behavior if they get some sort of positive reinforcement. For example, if a ch- if a child overhears another child swearing, he might learn new words, but it may not necessarily use them. If, however, the child gets some sort of reward for swearing, such as acceptance or encouragement from an adult, or maybe laughter. That's pretty common. It goes into that here in a second. An observing child may be more likely to copy this behavior. And here it goes. Don't forget that laughter can be an unintended positive reinforcement. The same can be said if someone witnesses a negative reinforcement, such as scolding for swearing. A child will be less likely to imitate that behavior if they see that behavior getting negative reinforcement. That's a pretty common one. Little kid hears a swear word. Doesn't know what that word is. Sounds kind of funny. And they hear an adult say it, so they repeat it. That's pretty usually pretty funny when a little kid says a swear word out of context. Yeah, like I was telling Austin earlier, I w- I'm gonna die. Like this is gonna be, this is gonna be hard when like my kids do this if they say a swear word. Like my instant reaction is gonna be to laugh, and <laughs> depending on how they say it, how many times they say it, what they do while they're saying it, like. I'm going to laugh it's, and it's going to be a, uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> There's me. something about like a little <laughs> tiny voice saying a very big word yeah. that means a lot. Yeah. Um, especially some of those four letter words, um, that get bleeped out. That's so difficult. And so like any parents that do laugh at their kids or laugh at their kids doing that, um, I mean, welcome to the club. I think it's so funny yeah. that when you hear that, you, yeah. you see TikTok, Instagram videos of kids saying the F word or kids yeah. saying something they hear on like their, their parents say, man, it's so funny, but it, that is the perfect example of uh, positive reinforcement. You know, laughter is associated with most most kids as like a a positive thing. Like yeah. they want to be, they want to be funny. They want to be, they want to make people smile. Yeah, they get your attention, so they'll keep doing it. Yeah, they, we do the same thing. Exactly right. Yeah, like that's we laugh at swear words in movies all the time, right? That's like yeah. the punchline of most jokes nowadays is a swear word. And so, and that that's with a lot of un maybe unsavory social behaviors. Um, a lot of times they're funny and they are at the punchline to a lot of jokes. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't want your kid doing that, it's important that you don't model that behavior or give it reinforcement. So, and then one other thing that the article really talks about as well is that um, aggression is also very, very much learned through modeling. A, a really old <laughs> psychology experiment that every single psychology major or anyone who has ever taken any psychology class ever 
will learn of like I think his name is Bobo the clown or something like that. Some type of clown doll. And basically in this oh, experiment Yeah, the that knocks over. Knocks over and comes back up. Yeah, I can't remember the name yeah. of the clown, but there's this know. really famous experiment from like the sixties or fifty I can't remember what it was, but basically what they did is they put kids in this room with like some toys and then this clown that like if you hit it, it goes back up and like, yeah, like stands back up. up. Yeah, thingy. it pops back up. Yeah. I think it was Bobo the clown. Anyways. Um they would put kids in this room by themselves with toys and like Bobo the clown. And if they were just there by themselves, they wouldn't do anything to the clown. They would just kind of play with the toys and just be in the room by themselves and then just leave. They would never be aggressive to anything in the room. Yeah. But if they watched a parent punch Bobo the clown and knock it over, or keep hitting it or like knock it over, they would, after their kid watched that, they would then go into the room and they would do that as well. But only after they watched an older person or a respected adult, usually it was their parent or their mom. Once they watched their mom do it, they would then do that as well. Poor Bobo. Poor Bobo the clown. But that really old experiment was to show that kids learn from watching their parents, watching respected adults, especially when it comes to like aggressive behavior. So if in your home or within your home environment, there's a lot of aggression, a lot of yelling, maybe some hitting involved, either be playful or maybe unfortunately just maybe abusive. Um, kids will pick up on that and they will take that somewhere else, either to their siblings, to you or outside of the house. Maybe they can also pick up on it from the ever debatable violent video games and movies and TV shows. Like we said earlier with picking up a Star Wars swear word, some of the research suggests that kids can learn aggressive behaviors simply by playing violent video games and by watching violent movies. So they're getting these behaviors from all types of different sources and it's hard to control because like you said yeah. at the beginning of the episode, it's always going to happen. You cannot control. Right. I mean, you could, you could put them in a bubble, lock them in a room, but even that is modeling behavior, right? Yeah. Um, you're showing that what we do <laughs> is hide when we, when we want to be uh, avoid something. But like you said, there's, there's no, there's no hiding from these behaviors that are out there. They're yeah. going to, be aware of it. So what do you do about that? Like, yeah. what, what can be done about that? And the article has some great suggestions. Yeah. You know, and this is something really important to keep in mind. Austin and I had the opportunity to uh, do an internship earlier this year. It feels like forever ago, actually. It was earlier this year. It was like January. Yeah. Yeah. And we were able to work with a lot of kids in elementary schools and we were able to recognize and notice that a couple kids were really they would get in trouble a lot. They mm -hmm. wouldn't have the greatest language. They would always joke about killing themselves. They would always be aggressive with others. And a lot of teachers tend to get mad at these people, mad at these kids. Yeah. And even parents, right? They tend to get mad at these kinds of kids because they all they do is cause trouble. But you have to ask yourself, why? Why is this kid making jokes that are always super aggressive? Like whether that is you know, as morbid as to kill themselves yeah. or to kill other people or if they always hit people, things like that. Our tendency is to get really mad or get frustrated with that kid. You're like, dude, why can't you just be quiet? Like, just mm -hmm. stop talking. But remember that this kid learned that from somewhere. Now, whether that be video games, social media, wherever, just never assume that it's just from, you know, violent video games because it very can be from the home, hmm. from watching their parents. Yeah. Whether that be arguing or if their mom or dad is in a really physically ab abusive relationship and, you know, the kid observes that, 
then yeah, no wonder he's going out in the the playground and hitting other people because that's all he sees, that's all he hears. You know, that's why he's really aggressive. And we've done plenty of episodes on the ACE study and and things like that, and as to what it can do psychologically to a kid. And we're not going to go into that today, but um, that expression of that observation when it's really aggressive is just another another chance to feel empathetic towards that kid and to be extra kind, to be extra patient to that kid. And this even goes to young adults or high schoolers and even adults that can go into your adulthood if it's not taken care of. And so when you do see people with these kinds of different attitudes or you see kids that may get on your nerves, ask yourself why. And you'll start to see some patterns and you'll you might be able to learn about their home life if you're a teacher and come to find that it's not really the greatest. And so it's a great opportunity to show more empathy and to practice having empathy with other people when you do run into that one kid that just always gets on your nerves. Absolutely. And you bring up a good point too with like experiences, those adverse childhood experiences and things that are happening in a child's life that leads them to be this way. My wife shared a quote with like a Facebook post with me over the weekend and I really liked it. And she knows that whenever there's something psychology related, she shares it with me and whenever it's therapy related, she shares it with me. But it was this quote that said, um, when a child is having a hard time, no, when a child is giving you a hard time, it's probably because they're going through a hard time. Mm. And so if a, if a child is giving you a, a hard time at school, if they're being really difficult, most of the time it's probably because they're going through something hard at that time. Yeah. Especially with young kids, they just don't know how to handle those emotions. So they're not giving you a hard time, they're going through a hard time. And, and two things can be true at that point. They can be giving you a really hard time, but the source of that is not just them being a bad kid. They could be a bad kid, but it could be because their parents are abusive and yelling at them all the time, you know? Yeah. So I really like that point you bring up, and I think it's important to note that um, they're just, they're basically just pushing the rock down the road that they're given. They're right. given this thing, and they're just continuing to take along with them. And that's really the case with everyone, and they, what they deal with in life, they just take what they got from their childhood and just kept running with it, but then it comes from this modeling that we're, that we're talking about. Right, and but, even if yeah. you're in you're in a really good home, and you're the parent, and you're like, like we don't, I don't fight with my spouse. We have great communication with my kids, and yet my kid always still gives me a hard time. That could be from another source. That could be from school. They may be having really a hard time learning a, a new subject like math or something like that. And so their hard time may not be in your immediate family. It can be outside as well. It's not just limited to they have to be having a hard time in the family to be able to you know, give other people a hard time or yeah. experience these different kinds of um, behaviors or attitudes. And so whatever direction it comes from, they're experiencing going, experiencing or going through a hard time in one aspect in their life or another, and they don't know how to process it. Mm-hmm. And so it is expressed in a really aggressive way, and really it's not their fault. Yeah. You can you can blame their brain for that, not them. <laughs> blame, blame the brain. I mean, yeah. obviously, like they're the person that has to be done. That something has to be done, and they have to do it. But that's right. why you're there for. You need to help them. But yeah. um, they are not just a bad kid. I, I really think it's important to talk about here when it comes to antisocial behaviors, like the ones we're talking about. So, anyways, um, I guess kind of getting back to the article here, like we had said, um, that was a nice little tangent that was very beneficial. Yeah. Um, Let's say kids are, I mean, like we said earlier, kids are going to be exposed to things. Behaviors are going to be modeled no matter what. 
but maybe your kids are um, maybe being manipulative. And like, why? where did they learn that? Where did they get that from? Maybe they're lying a lot. Maybe they're swearing a lot. Maybe they're being more aggressive with their siblings. And you kind of have a nice, quiet home. You know, where is this coming from? It's good to go through some things to figure that out. And this article has five really good suggestions of how you can influence modeling in your, in your children's lives and how you can pick up on things, how you can avoid the effects of negative modeling. So we're going to go through them. There's really good suggestions, very short and simple. But starting with the first one, um, it says to be intentional about your child's surroundings. It says, do you do your best to surround your children with constructive models and situations where positive behaviors are reinforced? If there are places, people, or activities that model negative behavior or worrisome behavior, work to find more positive situations for your child. So this is really difficult because you can't always control who they're around at school because right. they're there at school and they can't always get themselves out of situations, you know? Um, but just do your best to be intentional about influencing your children's surroundings, like who you bring into the home, what you model yourself in their surroundings, and maybe the culture you have, the movies you watch together as a family, the TV shows you watch as a family. Um, do what you can to influence that in a positive way. Yeah, and just focus on what you can control because it can get really overwhelming because your kid is gone for like, what, eight hours a day at school. And the majority of their day, they're around other people. Um, especially when they get into teenage years, they're around their friends a lot more than they will around you as a parent. And so just focus on what you can control and let the rest play it out. And so don't overburden yourself or overworry yourself with things that are outside of your control and try not to stress about it because you really can't do anything about it. And they'll learn. You know, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll find out what works for them and what's, what's best. Mm-hmm. Next one here is notice the positive. When it comes to child behavior, you will often get more out of behaviors you are noticing. Point out positive behaviors in your child and in others. Provide reinforcement and talk about them with your child. Catch your child being good. Now, I love this one because we tend to focus on the negatives, right? That's the, it's, hey, be quiet. Stop talking. Hey, don't hit your brother. Don't hit your sister. Hey, stop being so noisy. Uh, whatever it is, you know, we always say stop this, stop that. And we only notice and put energy towards the negative. And so if that's what it takes to get attention, that's what the kids are going to do. Yeah, absolutely. If they're really noisy, if they are aggressive, whatever it is, and you say, hey, Jimmy, sorry for all you Jimmy's out there. <laughs> <laughs> if they say, hey, Jimmy, stop that. But you never say, hey, Jimmy, I really appreciate you being really quiet and being really helpful. I saw that you helped Susie out over there with a math question or whatever it is. Then no wonder they keep doing those behaviors that are antisocial or naughty mm -hmm. because that's the only way they get attention. So where focus goes, energy flows. So where you mm -hmm. give attention to the good behaviors, and we talk about this, we haven't really talked about it a lot, but... Instead of saying, hey, Jimmy, stop talking, you say, hey, Jimmy, can you be quiet for just a minute? Or can you pay attention? So you focus on what you want them to do rather than what you want them to stop doing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, Jimmy, can you pay attention for a minute instead of, hey, shut up, you know? Yeah. And so that's what I try to do anyway I, in every week or every, uh, the two weeks of every month, my wife and I 
teach primary in church to kids who are seven and eight, seven and eight-year-olds. And we try to focus on, well, I do anyway, I'm not saying my wife doesn't. <laughs> I just really focus on what I say to the kids. <laughs> only you know what you're so thinking about. Only yeah. what I'm thinking about, yeah. So I try to say, hey, can you pay attention? Instead of, hey, be quiet. Even though that's what I want to say, because it happens over and over and over again. Uh-huh. But I don't know if it's helping or not. Some weeks it's actually really good. I'm like, oh, okay. I want to believe what I'm saying is helping. It may not be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just remember that for that one. Our focus goes, energy flows. They bring up a good point. Like a lot of the time consequences are tied to negative consequences, like taking things away to stop negative behaviors or stop bad yep. behaviors. And we take, we put less effort and focus on helping create or start good behaviors that we want to do. So of course you need to stop bad behaviors, especially ones that are dangerous or um, antisocial things that will get them into trouble. But you need to back that up by reinforcing the things you want them to do. So I think you make a really good point with that. Um, So next one here is to limit or eliminate exposure to negative influences. So this kind of goes back to the first one, but it says violent or aggressive television shows, movies, games, or activities are teaching your child. Even interactions with other children and adults can prove to be a negative modeling experience for your child. When possible, limit or eliminate these things and work to provide more positive models for your children. When in doubt, think of your child doing exactly what they're observing and ask yourself if you would be proud of them doing that behavior. If the answer is no, you may be helping your child learn a lesson if you don't want them to wait. If your answer is no, you may be helping your child learn a lesson you don't want them to know. So I really like that there. If, if they're watching a show or a movie and or they have their around friends and that, and that show movie or with those friends are doing something you would not want your kid doing, maybe don't allow them at that time at that age time or maybe that that time in their life to be exposed to that as much so maybe yeah. it's a um i don't know violent video game that's that's an easy one to GTA. pick on gta really easy one to pick on because of all the controversy surrounding it if you see on gta that your child is shooting random people on the pier at the beach unfortunately that's what i did when i played that game <laughs> or if they're robbing banks or if they're stealing cars and yeah um you're seeing that and you're like, uh, I don't know if I would want my kid doing that. And they're playing it here in the video game. Again, you don't need to just go cold turkey and take them off the game. Maybe just limit them out of time. They play on that game. And then like Enoch was saying before, don't just take the same thing away. Suggest something positive. Like, hey, son, would you want to play Madden with me? You want to play FIFA with me? Yeah, play a different game. Do you want? I'll play Minecraft with you right now. Like, hey. ask to join in and play them, play with them, be a positive influence and have that bonding time as well. We're not even talking about that, but show that you yourself... Well, I guess that is modeling right there that you yourself as the adult likes to play these games that aren't violent. I like Madden. I like FIFA, 2K, PGA, Terraria, whatever. Te- was it Terraria, that one? Terraria. Terraria. Like 2D Minecraft, basically. Yeah, exactly. Or Tetris yeah. even. Like these games that are, can actually be super beneficial. And this is, again, going back to video games, so you can apply it to a lot of things. But make positive suggestions rather than just suggesting or taking things away, if that makes sense. So. Right. Focus on the limit the exposure to negative and be sure to suggest and replace that negative with some type of positive. Yeah. And let me just let me just say if your kid is in elementary school or junior high or middle school and they're playing GTA, I would like you to just think about or question the why as to why you let your kid play GTA. It's just I've never played GTA. I've watched a lot of videos on it because there's a bunch of funny things you can do in the game, but yeah. 
it's a really violent game. And I'm not saying that obviously that video game's bad because there is a time frame as to when you should play it. That's why mm. it's rated M for yeah, mature. Exactly. M for Mikey's going to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> My kid's going to play it. <laughs> yeah. And so just be aware of that. Know what your kids are playing. I know some parents out there are really ignorant when it comes to video games and their kids are like, hey, can I play this game? They're like, ah, sure, whatever. Don't care. Go play it. And they never look into what game it actually is. So just pay attention. There's a lot of games and um, just video games you can play these days that's super violent and a lot of stuff that you can do that is really inappropriate. Like in GTA, man, you can find a prostitute on the street and go sleep with them. Mm-hmm. And you can it, go to a strip club. Yeah. <laughs> it shows like full nude women. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. What the heck? You don't want your kid playing that game. In a video game, yeah. Come on now. Just do the work to be aware of what your kids are um, participating in in the video games they're playing. Yeah, be aware. And there's more stuff coming out. It's more popular. It's more easy to get than ever. And a lot of kids these days, I know like my nephew... Uh, I guess my niece and nephews, they love to watch YouTube about the video game they want to play, mm-hmm. even though they may not be able to play it. And so be aware of what your kids taking in on social media or YouTube, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The next one here is talk about it. Really? When a situation cannot be avoided or a child witnesses negative modeling behavior, think of it as a teachable moment. You can talk to your child about what constitutes acceptable and helpful behavior, what it looks like, and why the negative behaviors are not acceptable. Children not only learn from watching, but listening too. So when your child asks the classic question, why? You say, son, you can't play GTA. You're three. <laughs> Maybe not three. Eight. You're only 11. Five. <laughs> You're five, yeah. Six. I mean, my nephew was... Like five when you start playing video games. Mm-hmm. Sounds like pretty common. Minecraft and stuff. Yeah. Like they're really smart. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone out there that's playing GTA at age five. There's got to be, be at happening. least one kid out there that's done it. GTA taller edition. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when they ask why, we know that from, we know from countless studies that saying because I said so or because I'm your parent, I'm your mom, I'm your dad is not very helpful. Sure, it may stop them from playing the video game, but in the long run, you're really doing them a disfavor. And so you want to be able to give them a reason why. So saying, ah, that game's just really violent. And I saw that you were over there um, shooting people on the pier, or you had a machete and you were chopping people's arms off. (laughs) I think that's really violent. And I'm not saying you can never play this again, but... And maybe in a couple of years we can reevaluate, see where we're at, and just talk about it from there. And yeah. so just talk about it. Make sure you have a reason why. If you're going to tell your kid no, have a reason why. Don't just say because I said so because that's not helpful. Yeah, just don't shy away from those difficult conversations because the conversation is going to be, become harder and harder the further you push it down the road. Yeah. So just don't shy away from it and yep. find opportunities to talk about it when it arises rather than putting it off. Um, last one here is... I'm going to make sure I say this right so everyone understands. It is do as you say. You are your child's first and most important teacher. They are watching and learning from you each and every day. Whether or not you intend to teach them, show them kindness, and kindness, love, and model compassion and helpfulness, and teach them positive ways 
of interacting with people and the world around them. I love that final advice because um, at the end of the day, um, no matter what you say, no matter what you teach your kids, no matter what opportunities you use to teach them a lesson, um, which is all important, right? Um, they will watch you no matter what, and they're going to model your behavior. That's the whole point of this episode is at the end of the day, they're, they're watching you and doing what you do. So model the behavior that you want your kids to show. If you feel that your kids are on video games too much, how often are you on your phone or how often are you playing video games? Mm-hmm. If your kids are being manipulating and maybe maybe they're a little bit gaslighting, maybe they're being mean to their siblings even, are you maybe a little bit rude to your other kids? Are you rude to them? Do you yell at the kids? Do you manipulate your children? Do you gaslight your children? Talk about that, the TikTok that you saw. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a cute video, but... It was a bad message. So anyways, little girl, mom, um, I think they're in the car. They were um, it's like just talking. And mom's like, what are we doing to the little girl? And she's like, we're going to Target. And at that point, it was super cute. Little girl's excited to go to Target with her yeah. mom. But then the mom was like, what are we doing at Target? And the little girl says, we're getting decorations. And then she's like, what if dad asks? And the little girl says, we got groceries. And that's where it stopped being funny. Yeah. Um, mom literally teaching her her child to lie to the dad because obviously she's okay with lying to her husband. It, it was probably just a joke. I don't know that woman. I don't know her children. I'm sure that she has a happy marriage. And it was probably just a joke. I want to assume it was. Yeah. Um, and all power to that that mom. And um, she sounds like a great mom. But that message is terrible. That we um that it's okay to teach your children to lie and to to hide what you're doing. And that, that video is actually one of the main reasons I wanted to do this episode is that it's almost encouraged to, um, to model these types of behaviors in certain aspects, like that one lying about going to Target. And we, we've, we've done an episode on that before when it comes to the way that we lie to our spouses about things that we do and hide things from our spouses and how terrible and how terrible that can be for a marriage. But think about how that girl is going to grow up now. She's going yeah. to think that from a very young age that it's okay encouraged and almost funny to hide things from the people that are important to her. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of her life. Yeah. And even if the mom doesn't do that, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like she's saying, she's literally told her kid in the video and you already know they planned this video. Oh, it's practice. That that girl was very young. She needed some help understanding. They're like, okay, when I say, and what do we tell dad? You say, get groceries. Mm -hmm. And even if it's well-intended, like, You just told your child to lie to your dad, to her dad, when she either, you know, goes to a friend's house instead of goes to school or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to do that when she's older. But you get the idea as to why that is not a very helpful message at all. Because you're just, I mean, you... That video is, I don't know, it's a really good example of straight up telling your kid to lie. Mm-hmm. That's that's not very good, even if it's well intended. It just shows how, because the girl was so excited about like giving her mom the right answer right. to like to show that she listened to her mom. And it was really highly enforced because the mom started laughing and smiling. Yeah. And like, good job. Like, yep. that's like a perfect example of what reinforcement can do. That, um, that little scenario that was seen as like, and there was like hundreds of thousands of likes on this video, probably a million views. And how many people are going to do that with their kids now? You know, like how many people already do that? And I've seen another video that was very similar where, um, 
mom was taking a recording. It was the same thing, Target. Mom was recording and it was like, all right, we're going to Target. Um, um, like, like she was asking the daughter, like, what are we going to do while we're there? Oh, we're going on a shopping spree. Like, oh, wait, no, this video is for dad. What are we doing? Oh, we're just going to get groceries. Like, same exact thing. Different like, people? Different people. I'm pretty sure oh, it was wow. different people. But it was different videos at different yeah. times. So I don't know if it was yeah. the same lady making the same stupid joke. But mm. um, it, it was, if I remember, I've watched the same video at least two different times in two different contexts. Wow. Um, so I don't know. That just uh, puts a little cherry on top to show that um, children can be, they can pick up on things really easily. They learn very fast when they're being reinforced very positively. And it's very mm-hmm. obvious in those experiences that they were. So if you don't want your kid to hide things from the people that they love, if you don't want them to be manipulative or insert any negative thing um, right there, <laughs> if you don't want your dog to, to dig the carpet, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> if, you, if you don't want your child to do any type of negative behavior, you need to start by not doing it yourself. So if you have a teenager who's on their phone too much, unfortunately, you have to stop spending so much time on your phone as well. So, and start that early. So, crux of the message here, start to become more aware of the things that you're doing around your children. Implement those five things we just talked about. Go back and listen to them and try to influence your, your children's surroundings. Because monkey see, monkey do. Monkey see. We monkey hope you learned something new and we hope you really have an idea of maybe something that you can actually start implementing into your life to be able to help either your kids or just anyone you're around to reinforce their good actions, their good behaviors, and mm-hmm. to help them develop into a better person because of you, because of your modeling. Absolutely. So we will talk to you next week and get ready for next week because it's going to be a baller episode. It's a very special episode. We're going to have a really special guest on, so be be ready for that. You're not ready. You're you not ready I, I know you're not, but you're going to love it either way. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be awesome. So we'll talk to you next week. I'll see you guys. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.